Hi, everybody. Welcome to Busy Living Sobers. Hey, Wheezy. Hi, Elizabeth. How's everything? Great. It's um, a warm summer day, and actually, it was just the summer solstice, so the longest day of the year just happened. And here you are, and you're sitting in your house, and you're like, I really want to have a drink, but I know every time I drink, I get in trouble. Something bad happens. Oh, my gosh, that feeling. I can still remember that feeling. Do you remember that feeling of yeah, wanting? Because I've always said that I'm very affected by the the weather or in the summertime, you know, especially where, you know, in, in, in the last couple of nights I've gone out to dinner and just even seeing the, the tables and chairs outside with people drinking, you know, having their glass of wine. Um, it does bring back those feelings, not it doesn't bring back a feeling of I want to pull up a seat and have a glass, but you know, there's something about the weather and just this time of year and things are slowing down and, you know, the kids are out of school. It's just, it's, you know, you think about it. You romanticize it. Yeah. Cause it looks pretty. It does look pretty. It looks pretty. And you're like, Oh my gosh, if I could do that, because the whole thought of like for me and I know for you too, I mean, not at the end of course, but in the beginning it was like, okay, everybody had a drink and it was like, this is the time to relax. We're sitting out back I remember my kids were little and I would have all these ladies over because I'd have playdates and the moms would come and I kept vodka in the freezer and they didn't have the flavor vodka as they have today, unfortunately. But so I, you know, I'd put like a lot of lemon in it and mix and we would be sitting there and it would be like relaxation time. Yeah, but 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 for the people that didn't have a problem, they were sitting there enjoying and being in the moment with that one drink. For myself or you or anybody else who has the the problem um, or the disease, isn't thinking about that drink and enjoying that drink. They're thinking about, oh my gosh, does she have how much of a bottle does she have in of the vodka in her freezer? Is it a full bottle? Is does she have a backup? You know, you know what I mean. It just it just is goes there on. ever gonna, right? Because is there ever going to be enough? There was never enough, and that's the crazy part about the disease. It like has nothing to do with the actual drink. It's like it's that need to feel that buzz that lasts for how long? I mean, the buzz lasts for seconds. Yeah. That perfect euphoria where you're like, everything's okay. Your brain stops. You don't worry. You're like, ah. And unfortunately, if you have the disease like we do, you can't, that buzz you can never attain again. So you just keep drinking and 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 you never get it. You can chase it for as long as you want to and you never get that again. No, you end up sloppy drunk in your bed and waking up the next morning going, oh my God, I did it again. Yeah, that did it again is, that really gets me Sometimes where, you know, like I said a couple um, podcasts ago that, you know, I ended up waking up on my couch and just that feeling, that initial ugh, feeling of, you know, for just a split second. And I'm saying like a split second that if that feeling comes back up again as to, you know, thinking that, you know, you were hungover and, and what happened last night. And it's just it's just it's just awful. 
it's awful. And your brain then just starts on a journey on its own again for an entire day. Just, re, you know, just playing back the same stuff, having the same conversations with yourself, having the same agreements with yourself, the same promises with yourself. It just goes on and on and on and on. And it's so exhausting and it's so tiring because you think that you can get... It's just the tape because you see somebody drinking wine and you're like, oh my gosh, that looks so great. It's in a pretty glass or somebody's drinking a beer and that looks so pretty. But in the end, it's not pretty. And it's interesting because you read that Keith Urban thing. We read that yeah, to us. I was, yeah, I was just going to pull yeah, it up. Yeah. They're on, they're, a couple of the celebrities have been posting their um, how, how long they've been sober. And um, there was one from um, Keith urban there was one from tim allen today and um and so let me just pull it up here yeah it's interesting that all these celebrities are coming out i love it i think it's awesome and i want to say thank you to all the celebrities that are getting honest because hopefully we're going to get this out of the darkness and into the light and there can't be any more shame but what does they say what did tim allen said um, this was posted today. It said, um, it's a disease of the soul and the mind, and it will tear up the people around you. It's a matter of hitting a personal bottom. I was tired of my excuses. I was tired of the shame and the guilt. So much energy to manage it. I mean, if that isn't the truth. And then um, Keith Urban said, um, hold on one second. Oh, he said, it didn't I didn't seem able to st- I didn't seem able to stop. There was no stopping this time. I'd go to sleep, wake up a couple hours later, go at it again, drinking to take the edge off. I remember thinking I'm probably not going to make it until tomorrow. And I have to tell you that I um on a side note, you know, I just went to the Bahamas and I went to an all-inclusive resort next to Atlantis in the Bahamas and I walked into the hotel room and on the wall was four bottles of alcohol and they had a dispenser that all you had to do was put your glass underneath it, right? And fill it up. And I, and everybody at the resort, you could see, like people were drunk all over the place. And it was really kind of disturbing to think that, like, these people pay all this money just so that they can go get drunk and not have to think about getting drunk. Like, they can just pay all this money and they don't have to think about a bill at the end of the day. They can drink as much as they want to drink. And how that that uncomfort the people feel, like they need to have a drink. Like, their whole relaxation, like you talked about, like when we, it's the summertime and everybody wanting to drink and when you're on vacation, when everybody drinking and how, oh, that nice edge, you don't have to think about anything anymore. But life isn't endured by not thinking about things. Life is endured by being able to deal with life and what comes up in life and not having to have a drink, especially if you're an alcoholic like we are. And knowing, like, I was very uncomfortable being, comfortable being in that hotel room with that alcohol. I didn't have it removed because it was literally attached to the wall. I've never <laughs> seen anything like it in my life. But I have to tell you, like, drinking and then walking through a casino. There was a casino at Atlantis. And I'd walk through there and I'd be like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I 
you know, I, I, I'm going to tell everybody out there. I told my husband, so it's not a secret, but you know, I smoked cigarettes. That was my thing. I was like, I have to control something. I have to do something that I can control and it's not going to be drinking and it's not going to be gambling, but I'm going to smoke because I had to do something. You know what I mean? With that uncomfortable feelings, like those feelings you were talking about that go in your head because you're sitting here and you're watching these people do this thing. They're like, they're, you know, they're all drinking. They're all wanting to go to that place where they don't have to feel. Yeah, and just and just medicate yourself. And, and I've said it a million times. I, I that's that's really the whole reason in the last you know the the last several years before I got sober that that was really the only way I drank. I only drank to quiet my brain, to medicate myself, to stop thinking about all the things that were making me depressed and anxious and miserable. I mean, it it took it took the edge off of everything for me. It made them disappear temporarily, yeah. but um you know, it's that it's that quieting of the brain. It's it's you know, and and recently I've I've you know, some friends have had difficulty with their sobriety or relapsed or um or in such early sobriety that they're, you know, going back and forth and and I think one of the things that I try to tell people, and I have another friend that that's that's really in the very beginning stages of wanting to get sober, um, but it's been a thought forever, but it, it not forever, but it's been a, a thought for a long time, a lot longer than anybody, I think, in his life would know um, would guess. But I, I think one of the things that I try to always say is that you know don't give up the thought um, because it will happen that you will get to a point where your brain is quiet. And my brain is really quiet right now. And I don't, when I, when I think back at those, and, and, I, and I'll get a little sliver of it when I do wake up on the couch or I'll, you know, wake up with my, you know, clothes on because I fell asleep in my bed with the television on. It's that, just that, even that little sliver of that feeling of, of, you know, where your brain starts to go. And I mean, I would drive to work every morning and I would, I wouldn't even realize till I pulled into the parking, parking lot that I hadn't had the radio on. And it was because I was talking to myself the whole time. I was talking to myself, okay, so, so tonight, tonight's and you're not going to drink. So what you're going to go here at, you know, five and make sure you're here at six. So, you know, you're going to get through it and it'll be close enough to, you know, you're going to go to bed early. You're just going to get into the bed and you're going to get into your pajamas and you're going to get, and you're going to watch TV and you're going to get a, a soda and that's it. Like, you, you know, just, but, but that all requires conversation because you're, talking to yourself so you're playing two parts you're trying to solve the problem you're trying you know make it go away you're trying to do everything and and until you start to feel the the feeling of having it dissipate and and slowly it doesn't it doesn't stop overnight but as you get sober and are more comfortable being sober the voices just start to go away and it's so people don't have any idea in the in the beginning because there's also the whole part of you that's a lot of what your brain is thinking is is just the guilt and I mean there's a, a bunch of different things one is when am I going to 
when am I going to drink again? How can I get it again? One is, um, you know, how can I not drink? How, how can I go one more day or today without drinking? You know, it goes in so many different directions. You're thinking about drinking. You're thinking about not drinking. You're thinking about the guilt. You're thinking, you know what I'm saying? Like you just, it's, it's all over the place. There's a thousand conversations and you don't realize you know, I can remember even towards the end, I was thinking so much of what consumed my brain was, was I going to have a seizure? Like, what was my body going to do having drank as much as I did towards the end? What was it going to do? It wasn't some big secret that you could go and, you know, have a seizure when you were going through withdrawal. Was that going to happen to me? Okay, well, then I then I know what I'll do. I'll just taper off the drinking. I won't drink three bottles of wine, I'll drink one and a half. And then I'll slowly work my body into getting off of the alcohol and I won't, you know, have a seizure, that kind of stuff. I mean, it's just, it's, it's so crazy. I mean, it's, I wish someone could get inside my head that's really struggling right now to understand how great it is to not have those, those obsessions and to have that insanity. What you just described was insanity, right? Because I remember feeling the same way. I remember when somebody told me that it was a stranger that told me that I was an alcoholic and I was so ashamed and baffled and like, oh my God, oh my God, how do they already, how do they know? How do they know? I mean, I'm in a nice dress. I mean, I look pretty good. I did take a shower. I bathed in like a lot of perfume. I mean, how do they know? How does the gig up? And then getting in the car and going, am I an alcoholic? Am I not an alcoholic? And then, oh my God, how am I not? going to drink and what is it going to be like not drinking I mean I will say this and I truly mean it from the bottom of my heart like I was more scared to give up booze than I was to have a baby like that's a huge like if you think like that's truly what I felt like like I was like what am I going to do this is my god this is what how I get through life. I don't have anything else. I don't have anything I love this much that takes care of me, that like makes sure that I don't have to feel because those feelings are so painful. Those feelings of shame, the feelings of remorse, the feelings of bitterness, the feelings of like, oh my God, I want one so badly because I don't want to feel these feelings. And that crazy mind, that crazy mind, like how do we get that crazy mind to be quiet? And it takes time. Yeah, it, it, and it and it definitely takes time. I mean, I I have a friend who's who's struggling right now, and and really, really wants to be sober. Um, that's not a question, but it's that that being scared of what you know, feeling isolated, feeling rejected, feeling like you don't fit in, feeling like you can't go to the next, you know, business dinner. Um, what are you going to say? How many, how, how much, how many antibiotics can you possibly be on? How, you know, what, how many excuses can you possibly make? And, and, and the, the crazy thing about it, the insanity is that, you know, I was wondering, you know, how I was going to fit in with people or people wouldn't like me or, you know, I wouldn't have the the friends that I had then. I was on a couch for so long, not even moving. I mean, I had a knot in the back of my hair that I almost cut out because I just didn't think I had enough time to try to get it out. But, but the, the irony, and even with my friend, you know, having, you know, watched them, like, being alone and and suffering 
emotionally, mentally suffering because they wanted to get sober and they couldn't. Um, worrying so much about this isolation. I mean, my gosh, isn't that isolation? Being on a couch with not one person around you other than people coming in to check in on you. I mean, isn't that the epitome of isolation? And I'm worried about not fitting in. I can't fit in if I can't get off the couch, you know? (laughs) It's hard. It is so hard, and this disease is so crazy because we want to be social, and we want to be around people, and we want to go out, and we want to do fun things, but if everybody around you's idea of doing fun things, quote unquote, as I do air quotes, um, is drinking in this hotel, everybody's drinking. Now they're drinking and they're playing games and there's bing, 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 and betting and betting and money and money and money and all this craziness. And you're like, how I want to be part of life and how can I do it? Because look at this, everybody else is drinking and how can I not? And it's really taking time to find out. I mean, for me, I took time. I, I, live, I left society as a whole. I, I hung out in church basements and went to 12-step meetings. And that's what I did for my first year, first year and a half. And that's the only way that I got through. But I think that, like, whatever you need to do, find friends that don't drink, call people, you know, write to us, like know that you can do things, but you're going to, can only go for a little bit in the beginning. And, and, And one thing that just, I just popped into my brain as you were saying that is, you know, instead of thinking everything as an absolute, so for instance, you're going through that casino, everybody's drinking and you know, all the noises and it's just chaos and not your thing, you know, keep walking but keep walking and tell yourself that maybe one day you'll stop and, 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 you know, play something that you enjoyed playing without the alcohol. But but for right now, this doesn't work for me. And I think that's where people need to um, just, just think a little bit more about, um, you know, that everything doesn't have to be which is what what stopped me in the beginning from getting sober or just really wrapping my head around it because I had I had the whole story, you know, I, I planned it all out. I knew exactly what my life was going to look like. I knew exactly what friends I wouldn't have anymore. I knew exactly how boring things were going to get, you know, all this stuff. And none of it came true, none of it. And I spent so much time obsessing about how how I wasn't going to fit in. I have more friends and more fun now than I've ever had in my life. Um, you know, it, it, it's the truth. Right, but we spend so much time. And I remember that when I was thinking, like, I have to get sober, and what's going to happen when my daughter gets married? And, oh, my God, how am I going to do that? How am I going to go to my daughter's wedding and not drink? I mean, that's what I do. How am I not going to have a champagne toast? And then when my sons get married, like, how am I going to do? How am I going to do all this stuff? How am I going to do it? How am I going to do it? But just like you said, you keep walking. And I had to take care of me, which I had never done, right? I wanted to be things for everybody else around me. 
I wanted to be like the daughter. I wanted to be the friend. I wanted to be able to party. My friends like to party, so I want to be able to party with them. And I want to be able to do this with them. And I want to be doing that. And I'm, and I was like the chameleon and I never took care of me. I never knew who I was because all my answers were in that alcohol. Right. I didn't know what life was like living. I didn't really live. I was just existing. Me and my bottle. And it was scary to think, okay, I'm going to just try and do this. And that's why I think it's so imperative that it's like living in the day and living in the moments. Like none of us know what's going to happen in the future. You had no idea you'd be living in this beautiful house. Your life would be beyond your wildest dreams. And people would say that to me in the beginning. And they'd be like, your life's going to be beyond your wildest dreams. And I'd be like, bullshit. I don't believe you. I don't trust you. Because I didn't trust anyone because I didn't trust me. Because I didn't even know who I was. I thought my favorite color was green. My favorite color is orange. But I didn't know that. And it took time. And I had to go through my first everything. My first Saturday. My first Sunday. My first Monday. My first Tuesday. Every day of the week. Then it was like your first Halloween. Your first Thanksgiving. Your first Christmas. Your first New Year's. And how was I going to walk through my first vacation? That was my first time I'd been on vacation. And here I am, you know, whatever many years. I'm still just today. I mean, the time doesn't really matter in terms of how many years I've been sober because each day is a new day. Right. And I have that born forgetter, right? So so many of us look at me, well, well, I forgot how bad it got. But I don't forget how bad it got. I don't forget at all. And, and and that's when they say, you know, keep the door cracked because you really don't want to, um, you know, I, I don't I don't dwell on things that happened in the past or time that um, I lost, you know, drinking and not remembering. But but you have to keep that door cracked because you have to you have to know and you have to remember it needs to be somewhat raw you know, that what you went through, how horrible it was. I don't want to go back. I've seen a lot of people in the last couple of weeks in a position that, you know, they obviously don't want to be in, but they're stuck. And I, I, I know that feeling. It was, it was horrible, horrible. And you said something earlier about someone that they haven't checked, you know, that there's a list that you say that I'm never going to do. Mm-hmm. I will never, I don't know what it is. So let's say start off the beginning. So I will never drive with my kids drunk. Okay, I did that. Check. Right. Okay, I will never get a DUI. Check. I will never, you know, get, I will never, I don't know, oversleep something. I will never, whatever the checklist that you have in your head that you're never going to do, how far down that checklist do you have to go? Well, and that's the thing, and that's what I had said. You know, we don't... It, it, it happens so fast, and I can remember being asked if, you know, if I ever drank in the morning, if I ever drank at work, and I'm thinking, are you kidding me? Who are you talking to? Drink in the morning? No, 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 no. That's not me. And then, you know, before you know it, you're checking that box, because it just happens that quickly. And and I can't I I can't say that I, I mean I, I feel so strongly about that because I've seen it with other people. I've watched it myself, but I've I've seen it with other people and it's just you, you 
you turn around and all of a sudden, you know, five empty boxes have checks in them. Um, and it, it takes its own. I mean, that's the thing about this disease. It's so progressive and it happened so fast. And you're doing stuff you never would have ever done. And if you even look at yourself like 10,000 feet, you're like, that's not me. That's not me. But it is you. Mm-hmm. It is you. And you're like, how do I stop? And it's like just saying, I'm, it's just make, it's just stopping. It's like, it's like stop eating ice cream. How do you not eat ice cream every night? I mean, how do you not eat cookies every night? How do you not have cake every night? How do you not, you know, how do you finally get up and you go and you take a walk when you really don't want to, but you just do it. I mean, it's like, that is what it's all about. It's like, and if you're out there listening and I want you to know this, like just making that, finally getting that decision. And if that decision means somebody taking you to rehab. And saying, all right, I'm waving the white flag. Somebody help me. I didn't, couldn't, didn't have the opportunity to go to rehab because nobody would pay for it and nobody's going to take my kids. So I went to a 12-step meeting. And if you don't have the ability and you don't want to go, I mean, 12-step has saved my butt big time. But if there's something else out there, if it's the church, if it's smart recovery, if it's something online that you find, whatever it is that you can do not to drink, just get that one day. Mm-hmm. And then you go and you get the next day. Okay, but you wake up in the morning, and for me, I say to God, God, please keep me sober today. Yeah, I mean, and I get the whole one day at a time because it really does help, and I do offer that to people too. To don't for, don't forget that, you know, just don't drink today. It didn't it didn't necessarily work for me because I had to get it in my brain that I was never going to drink again because I, you know, I. I tried to play games with myself and, um, you know, so so for me, what worked was to just say, I will never drink again. That made it pretty clear. It's never going to happen. I couldn't come up with some, you know, crazy stories as to why I might be able to at some point in my life or right when they give me a diagnosis that I could say, okay, I'm having a drink, like anything. I just told myself it was, it was over. It was over. And I can tell you this, I feel the same way. I was like, this is over. So like that checklist that we had that I'm never going to do, I was like, I already did it. Like when people say, do you want to drink? I'm like, I've already done that. Like I've already been a drunk. Okay. So that's done for this lifetime. What am I going to do next? (laughs) Bring it on. I'm ready to do whatever you want me to do. I will go, I will go, I don't know. I do pretty much anything. I'm not a runner unless somebody's chasing me, but I don't know if I had to run and if I were into triathlons or whatever it is, but like, I know that I've had enough drinking. Like that was it. And when somebody says to me all the time, people say to me, do you want to drink? And I'm like, there isn't enough booze in in this place to get me drunk. Because guess what? The reality is I'm never doing it again. Right. It's already done. I did it. I went big and I went home and it's never happening because that is Muhammad Ali and I'm never going to drink properly. I'm never going to drink like a lady. I'm never just going to have one. I'm, it's never going to happen. And I'm okay with that because I fell in love with me, which is the hardest part. Yeah falling in love with yourself. But when you get one day, you could be like, oh my God, I'm so got this. I have one day. And then you get the next day and you're like, okay, I so got two days. I'm so excited. I had two days. And for me, I was so happy for myself that I'd look in the mirror and I'd be like, that was awesome. I got another day. I got another day. And eventually you deal with all this repercussions of what happened previously and you deal with that at some point, but you don't do it in the very beginning and you get really happy that you just got one day and you get really happy that you got two days, three days, four days, five days. And then, you know, 90 days is when, you know, they say, it even said it in the Bible, 90, it takes 90 days to change anything. So once you get to that 90 days, the 
thoughts kind of go away and yeah. that desire kind of goes away. Mm-hmm. You know? You don't have those cravings going, oh, I want one, I want one. It's kind of like, oh, I haven't had one in 90 days. Am I really going to do it again? I already know what's going to happen. I've watched this happen numerous times. Like, I'm only going to have one drink, and I had 47. But it's a lifetime commitment. I mean, that is the bottom line. I mean, you you know yourself. You've gone to meetings where people, you know, who are sober for 10, 15, 20 years. 30 years. 30 years. Yeah. And then they went back out, you know. So it's it's just... It's preventative maintenance all the time, um, you know, and it's not a burden like I thought it was going to be. Going, getting up this morning and, you know, or going yesterday morning and going to a meeting, you know, I wasn't completely thrilled with the thought, but I went because I knew I have to do that. I have to do it for myself. I need to be around people, whatever type of meeting it is, whatever you want to do, whether, like you said, it's church, whatever, I need to be around people that are that are standing in my shoes, that are feeling the same way, that are up against the same challenges on a daily basis, and there's some comfort in that, you know? I mean, there's just comfort, and it gives you strength, and the strength keeps you sober. Yeah, and nobody wants to be alone. Mm-hmm. So know that you guys out there, crazy, this was awesome. I have to tell you, I love tonight's podcast. And I want to tell everybody that's out there that we are here. Write to us anytime. You can reach us at busy, B-I-Z-Z-Y, at busylivingsober.com, B-U-S-Y. And till next week, write to us and tell us what you want us to, if you have any like topics you'd like yeah, us to discuss. Topics. We love topics. We love it when people reach out to us. We hope all of our friends in Virginia, in Texas, in Michigan, in anyone out there that's reached out to us. I think we had New Zealand. Um, Anyway, anybody who's out there and uh, we want to send you our love and we're thinking about you all. And we want you to know that you can do this just one day at a time. Just don't give up the faith and don't give up the hope and know that we're there cheering on you because we are busy living sober and you can be too. Take care until next week. Bye-bye.